1: The Healing Word Program is a ministry of the Largo Community Church, where Christ is honored and people are loved. Live, in-person services are now available for you to attend every Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. So we invite you to come to church this Sunday.
2: I can't pay my debt of ignoring Him year after year. Some have ignored Him a lifetime. We can't pay our debt of ingratitude, but Jesus pays it all. Can you say praise the Lord? Jesus paid it all.
1: Welcome to The Healing Word, a radio ministry of the Largo Community Church. Here's Pastor Jack Morris with today's message that will grow your faith in God and lead you to a closer walk with Jesus.
2: The past is forgiven. The other day I started thinking about the great gift of forgiveness, a gift that God gives. And as I thought about it and dwelt on it, my heart rejoiced because of God's mercy and grace, and pretty soon I found myself writing down some thoughts and some notes, and here it became a message. But it started, I think, as I can remember, as just a devotional thought that God did something great for me and for you who know him as Lord and Savior. And I turned to this seventh chapter of Luke and uh, found one of the very most precious passages on forgiveness, and it has not been read to you. It's a parable. Jesus is in the parable. A Pharisee, two debtors, a creditor, uh, and a woman. Point A in your outline, you're going to see it on the screen and also in your bulletin. Two debtors, and I want you to look at the screen and read Luke 7, 41. In unison, two men owed money to a certain lender. One owed him 500 denarii and the other 50. Now these men had borrowed a lot of money and the time had come for them to pay the money back. You know, that's that's... That's the bad part about borrowing. You have to pay it back. Like one man said one time, he said, uh, here, take the, pay with your credit card. He said, that way you don't have to pay. Well, <laughs> there were not any dollar bills on the counter, but the credit card was there, but that bill is going to come. Well, these men had borrowed to the max, and uh, the time came for them to pay back, and they couldn't pay back. And the time lapsed and went on and on, and still they didn't have the money to pay back the creditor. You know, money is a, a root of many evils, and borrowing can be one of those evil roots, borrowing money. Many a family has been torn apart. Many marriages have gone on the rocks over money matters, over indebtedness, over spending habits. Many marriages have. It has been a devastating thing to see what has happened. There's an obsession with spending, buying, accumulating, uh, gathering the, the new and the latest. One young lady from another church came to me. Her marriage is, is in real serious trouble. And she told me, she was very honest and very open. She said, she said it's my fault. She said, I'm at home with the two little children. And uh, she said, I, I only work in the home. I don't work outside the home. And she said, I get bored And then I become depressed. And uh, instead of turning to alcohol or drugs or or illicit pleasure, she takes that credit card and she goes to the department stores. And she says, the the bigger the price tag, she said, the better it makes me feel. She says, when I give them that credit card and I pick up that package, she said, it gives me a rush. She said, it gives me a high. You know, a few times Corinne has... uh, (laughs) <laughs> she's the best manager of money I know <laughs> and I'm not going to go home and get in trouble this afternoon because I'm going to preface it she's the best manager of money that I know she's better than I am but there have been maybe some times I just can't remember right now you know. laughter but she came home with one of these high ticketed items, and, in, and I'm the one that got the rush. <laughs> and it wasn't a high rush, it was a, <laughs> a, a, a low rush. <laughs> but those things happen, don't they? Uh, people go in debt. Uh, now, look at these two fellows. You, you'll notice it said in verse 42, uh, we, we sometimes we talk about women and uh, their spending habits, but these were two men. So two men owed the money. They're the ones that went out uh, with uh, their credit, good credit, and then ruined it by overspending and then not paying back, not fulfilling the contract uh, that they kept. But here's here's I'm going to give you one point of difference between these two fellows, but I'm going to give you three points of similarity between the two fellows. The point of difference is one owed fifty denarii. The other owed 500 denarii. And the one that owed 50 couldn't pay no more than the fellow that owed 500 denarii. Neither of them could pay. So the the point of difference is just the amount that they owed. Now, a denarius is approximately one day's wages, so you can calculate how much money that these men were in debt and how much they owed. But now I'm going to give you the three points of similarity between these these two men. The first point of similarity was that they both were in debt, weren't they? No doubt about it. The creditor had knocked at their door and say, it's, it's past time. Uh, th- this state of affairs cannot continue. Something has to be done. You have to pay back. You can't borrow and not pay back. You have to pay back. So both of them were in debt. The second point of similarity was neither of them had any money to pay back. So both were in debt. Both of them were bankrupt. Neither of them had any money to pay back. That's the two similarities. But here's the third similarity. Both were forgiven. That says something to me about the grace of God and the blessing of Jesus Christ. I sinned. I broke the law of God. For the life of me, I could not make it right and pay back. I couldn't do it. And so Jesus just wrote it off and forgave me. He paid the price. Uh, It wasn't free. It was free to me, but it cost him his broken body and his shed blood. He forgave me. And I began to think about that the other day. How blessed I am. How could you or I or anyone pay for what God has has given to, for our sins and without receiving the blessing of God. That's the only way we can pay. Now, God has given us everything. Everything we have, God has given to us. That's why when I held up the offering plate just a moment ago, I mean, the oil that we use for gasoline, God put it in the soil before you were born. It was here before you got here. The fish you catch in the river, yeah, there was, it was already here. God had put it here. The air that you breathe, it was already here waiting on you. Everything you have, you haven't created or done anything, but what God has already done, It God put it all in the soil, in the air. He made it all possible. God put the, the um, ingredients and the minerals in the soil for the corn to grow. It was all here. I did nothing but receive. And then, instead of giving thanks, I ignore God. I live my own life. I do my own thing. I go my own way. I don't give him thanks. I eat the food. I don't give him thanks. I drive the car and burn up the oil. I don't give him thanks. I'm not talking about you or me as Christians necessarily, but I'm thinking about the multitudes, over 6 billion people on this planet, and there are very few people that recognize God as the source. Most of the people today are, are not here in this church or any other church. They care very little about God, and they do not recognize God. I hear men saying, I'm a self-made man. Mister, if God didn't give you the ability and the brain power and the IQ, you could have been born inferior mentally. But God did all of this and gave all of this to us, and then I broke, broke his law. But when now I come to Jesus and I confess my sin to him, and he has mercy on me, I can't pay my debt of ignoring him year after year. Some have ignored him a lifetime. We can't pay our debt of ingratitude, but Jesus pays it all. Can you say praise the Lord? Jesus paid it all. Now, look at our debts, point B in your outline. The past can generate much guilt. There, There are several emotional guilts that come to us. And, and one of the guilts that come to us is, a, is legal guilt. Uh, guilt is a terrible thing in some respects, but it is a wonderful thing if it convicts us and brings us to God. Then there's theological guilt. That's the guilt that we receive when we break God's law. Now, there's there's the, the guilt of legally breaking society's law, but when we break God's law, there's theological guilt. And the Apostle Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 15 that he was the chief or the worst of all sinners. Somehow he knew and he felt the guilt. Uh, Francis of Assisi said, there is nowhere a more wretched and more miserable sinner than I am. He recognized it, and I thank God when God makes us miserable in our sin, because that can lead to repentance and bring us away, and we can confess and move on in our life. Then there's that personal guilt. Now, there are a lot of, lot of us, we're feeling guilty when we look over our, back over our past life. Some of us feel guilty because we weren't as good a parent as we thought we should have been, and we feel guilty over that, and but our children are grown we can't do much about it. Or, or we feel guilty over a breakup of a marriage and we think back and we think, you know, if I had been just a little more mature and, and done things just a little bit differently, that marriage could have been saved. And so we start heaping this personal guilt, but that's the kind of guilt that we, we can't assuage. We, we can't do anything about it. And then some of us feel guilty sometimes because of the something we said. We wish we hadn't said it. Or uh, an action, an action we, we shouldn't have a behavior we shouldn't have done, or a thought, and we disappoint ourselves. We said, "Why would I think that way? Why would I say what I said? And so all these personal guilts, so there's legal guilts, there's theological guilts, there, there's personal guilts. What are we going to do with it? Live miserably? That's the only thing that we can do unless we find a way to move beyond it. And Jesus is the way to move beyond it.
1: Pastor Morris will return in a moment with the conclusion of today's message, following this important invitation to join us in worship this Sunday at the Largo Community Church in Bowie, Maryland. The church of friendship and joy, where Christ is honored and people are loved. That's what you'll experience at the Largo Community Church. Live, in-person services are now available for you to attend every Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. So we invite you to come to church this Sunday and experience a service full of music, hymns, prayer, and a special message from God brought by Pastor Jack Morris. Policies regarding sanitation, mask wearing, and social distancing are followed, and there's plenty of space for everyone to safely be together in the large sanctuary. If you choose to join us virtually for the live service... Simply go to LargoCC.org at 9 a.m. this Sunday and click on Watch Live at the top of the homepage. No matter what way you choose to join us in worship, know that you're loved and welcomed at the Largo Community Church. Now, let's join Pastor Jack Morris for the conclusion of today's message.
2: I'm going to go back to Luke chapter 7, and I want you to read... Luke chapter 7, verse 37 and 38 with me. Would you do that? Look at the screen and read these two verses in unison. When a woman who had lived a sinful life in that town learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster jar of perfume. And as she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to Then she wiped them with her hair, kissed them, and poured perfume on them. Now, here's a person redeemed. Here's her person who knows she's forgiven. There is a a worship that comes from her like she's never felt before. She has experienced Jesus, and she has experienced forgiveness of sins. Friend, this was the thing that came to me just a few days ago. Forgiveness is no light thing. Forgiveness is a a wonderful gift. Forgiveness will move me to worship the Lord more sincerely uh, than than before. Now here's an unnamed woman. This is what provoked this, this story of these two debtors. An unnamed woman who had a guilty past, filled with condemnation, a scarred life, a troubling conscience... Her, her past, the Scripture says very little about it only in that uh, it was a bad, bad experience all her life long. It may have been because of her, her living in prostitution, it may have been that as a child she was a, 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 one that, a victim of being sexually molested. I mean, it, it was a sad, sad situation. She wanted to move beyond the past. How do you move beyond the past? Society sometimes won't allow you. Sometimes the family keeps reminding you or your friends, but very often your own memory keeps reminding you of your past. So here was this this guilty woman who was shunned by the community and uh, looked upon uh, with scorn. She gets into Simon's house, Now, I I wondered how she ever got in his house because he detested this woman. But she got in. But then in looking at the climate in that part of the world and in the custom in that part of the world, when a person had a party, they would have it out in a courtyard like you'd have a barbecue in the backyard. Uh, And in the custom at that time, the uninvited guest would stand on the periphery And look in. It's like somebody standing on the outside of a restaurant looking in and watching you eat. (laughs) It's not a good feeling, isn't it? You feel like, go on, go on, (laughs) move on. But that that was the custom. Now, they didn't have entertainment back there, so that was one of the very few ways of entertaining yourself is to watch somebody else have a party. So it was outside in a courtyard. And uh, the way they would eat was... There would be a table in the middle of the courtyard with all the food on it, and then there would be couches that would come out. The head of the couch would be at the table. A couch would come out, and it would almost appear like a star if you were up above and looking down. And the way they would eat would be they would recline. Now, I thought about lying down on the floor here, but I think maybe I can demonstrate it without going (laughs) quite that far. It might take me a little longer to get up. But they would... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they would uh, lie normally, a right-handed person, on the left side, prop, this was the way the Romans did it, and the Jewish people picked, picked up this custom. They would hold their head, and they would reach over the table, get the food, and put it in their mouth, and their feet was out that way. That's the, while the way the woman could come up behind him without him seeing her approaching. And so she slipped in from the crowd. There was so much love in her heart for Jesus. Somehow Jesus was ministering to her, even perhaps from afar. And she so loved him. You know, sometimes love is blind. Oh, I I wish that God's people would get their heart so filled with love that we would do some extraordinary, some risky, some ridiculous things for Jesus just overcome by love. You know, we're, we're, we're too cautious of what we give him and what we do for him, how much time we put in. We're, we're just too conservative. But this woman just, just, she just gave everything that she had. She comes up behind Jesus. Look at this passage again with me. She comes up behind Jesus, and she touched him. Now, in the culture at that time, women were inferior. If anybody should be a Christian, it ought to be a woman. Really, it should be men too. But Jesus lifted womanhood to the level of a man. Not that there is a difference in the role in the home. There is a difference in the role everybody plays in the home. But a woman is in no way inferior, but she plays a different role. The husband plays a different role in the home. But Jesus is the one that lifted womanhood. God sent Jesus into the world to be born of a woman. There's where it all started, right there. And he elevated womanhood. Well, here come... But in that society, uh, back then, women were inferior. So, uh, or looked upon. Not they weren't inferior, but they were looked upon as inferior. But she came in, and there's where she broke the first custom. She touched him. Then she begins to weep over him. Friend, I'll tell you, uh, I don't know how we can come to the Lord sometimes I, I, and, and not maybe weep over our sins. Cry over our past failure, the things that we have failed to do, and for Jesus and to worship Him. And she broke down and she began to cry. She knew that this was her one last and only hope. And friend, your one last and only hope to get rid of your past, and for my one last and only hope to get rid of my past is Jesus. She knew it. Some of us still don't know it. Come on, I ought to get some good amens on that one. <laughs> You see, this woman knew she was a sinner. This woman knew she needed help. This woman knew she needed a Savior. She knew. But Simon didn't know he needed help just as much as she needed help. Just as much. His sin may not have been 500 denarii. It may have only been 50 denarii. But he couldn't pay for his sin no more than she could pay for her sin. Sin is sin. Sin. And it must be confessed and repented of. And when it is, there's a cleansing that comes and a renewal and a peace of mind and joy in the heart. All he could see. See, this is, this is what Jesus said. He said to Simon in Luke 7, 44. Okay, look up at the screen and read it. This is what Jesus said. Come on. Then he, Jesus, turned toward the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? Do you? Oh, Simon, yeah, a prostitute, a a culture breaker, a a, a person that is disdained and society uh, will have absolutely nothing to do with her and I want my men to come and throw her out of my courtyard. I see her trespassing. Of course I see her. Jesus says, do you see this woman? He didn't see, Simon didn't see somebody that was seeking after God. But God saw her heart, and her heart was seeking after the Lord. The Holy Spirit was seeking to her, the Savior, the Redeemer, the one who values you and the one who holds you in high esteem, who gives you worth. The world will not give you value, and the world will not give you worth, but Jesus will. Jesus will. You're worth something to him. You're valuable to him. You're not an outcast to him. He wants to forgive your past. But like this woman, you've got to break through and get to Him. And right now in your faith, in your heart, you can break through every barrier, every past sin. You don't have to condemn yourself anymore. He can clean your memory up, clean up your past, make you a wonderful person, the wonderful person that He wants you to be, that you want to be. He'll do that for you. Now, what is Jesus seeing today today? He is looking at your needs because he knows he can help you. That's what he sees. Do you see this woman? Hey, hey, do you see this man? Do you see this man? Do you see this woman? Do you see him? Yes, he sees you, your hurts, your pains, your needs, and he yearns to do something beautiful. Do you see this woman? He sees more in you and me than sometimes we see in ourselves and He loves us even more than we love ourselves. He sees our brokenness with a desire to heal our brokenness. He, He sees our sorrow and our sadness, knowing that He can take that sadness and sorrow away and put peace there. He sees our troubled hearts. He sees our past wrongs. He sees us through and through. You and I are completely transparent. And He sees us, and He comes to help us and to bless us. Now, all we need to do is to come to Him.
1: We hope that today's message has been a blessing and has strengthened your faith in God. But before we go, here is Pastor Jack Morris with a special invitation. Hello, friend. It's
2: a pleasure serving the Lord with you in this healing ministry. The scripture says He sent His Word and healed them, and it also says the entrance of Your Word gives light. Because of Your prayers, just knowing that you're out there praying for me and sending offerings to keep this on the air.
1: It brings me great joy and encouragement. God bless you for what you are doing. Thank you. I'm Pastor Jack Morris. You can make your tax-deductible donation in a matter of minutes by visiting our website, largocc.org. Click on the Healing Word and follow the Donations tab to complete your support of this vital ministry you could also mail a check made out to The Healing Word to 1701 Enterprise Road in Bowie, Maryland, 20721. Be sure to tune in tomorrow at this same time for another edition of The Healing Word. Until tomorrow, blessings on you.